brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We're back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NFL football to Major League Baseball, NBA hoops to college football, anywhere in between. Our goal is to provide some insight on some topics, share some things maybe you hadn't heard about before, and have a whole lot of fun while we do it. And most importantly, we want you to have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dig in. I am JB. And I am the one and only N.O. N.O., how are you this week? I'm doing excellent right now. (laughs) How about you, man? Long week for you, traveling and such. Man, a lot of traveling this week. Just was down there visiting y'all. Um, getting some work done as well. But uh, uh, we back sure. now and uh, back to highlight a new segment mm, in our show. We got that's a new a big segment time. alert. Big time. Now, JB and I come up with a segment called A Rule That Would Change Everything. Now, what's going to happen in this new segment is JB and I are going to create a new rule in a sport that we come up with ourselves and the rule that we create is a rule that will monumentally change the complexion of a sport right so here's my first ever rule that would change everything okay and my sport that i'm going to choose as the debutante the genesis of the new episode is professional soccer okay jb in professional soccer you are now unable to play the ball back to your keeper intentionally wow like at all okay you can't play it back to the keeper intentionally can you picture how high teams would press right man and then think about the ensuing long kicks odd man breaks would definitely develop at a higher you know amount than they currently are and surely a team like Spain would obviously figure out how to max out on midfield passes still, right? <laughs> not 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 really trying to score. They still going to max out on on those midfield passes and keep possession. Or, you know, an offensive-minded squad kind of like the US would really be kind of like full court pressing heavy. Like, you know, just pressing forward in general trying to go for 8, 9, 10 goals. Back to the point about a full court press. Like, crazy. I could actually picture that, man. Like, it would be the equivalent to like a basketball team, yeah. right? Turnovers being forced outrageously. I mean, think about your center back quality, right? Mm. Your center backs and your, you know, right and left back, they might become the most valuable position on the field. Maybe, because you'd have to have somebody that's uh, ex- much more skilled than much you more skilled and not and obviously not only defensively when you're getting attacked but like in possession so because you can't kick it back to the goal what would yep. be uh so if in fact you did or the goalie say touches the ball off of a pass or something would it be just like a a spot foul or something outside the the box Did they get a free kick if, or something if you play it back to your goalie in the box that's a great question but listen because we're making such a drastic rule change if the ref decides that you played a pass back to your goalie intentionally penalty kick wow yeah you want to talk about impacting the scoring so the goalie is almost better off just maybe letting the ball roll and see if it goes out of bounds for a corner and some kind penalties wow. wow that would be crazy definitely uh i mean 
think about it in youth soccer now the goalkeeper is probably going to be the least desired position you're right well you know what's <laughs> funny is like i was thinking when you said that um when they start playing you don't actually play with goalies in youth soccer until mm. eight years old maybe eight or even yeah go. so up until then you know it's this open goal because it's yeah. i mean it's a smaller goal but yeah uh-huh that that's interesting i like it that <laughs> hey appreciate it JB. Right. what you got for what you got for well, your first ever, you know i went uh, with rule that would change everything i, I went with a different football okay. but Similarly, we're going to be talking about kicking, or in my, in this instance, the lack of kicks. I'm taking the kicking game out of out of football, American football. Oh, oh wow! So no field goals and oh, no punts. So guess what? You got to go for it on fourth down, no matter where you're wow. at on the field. Think about I love that. It. Think about. I love it because it realistically, the game of American football. I have to clarify when i say football now the game the the kick it's so far removed from what we think of when you think of football you know what i mean like it's it's completely off script from the rest of the game so while you know i don't know i almost feel like it was just weirdly added in there (laughs) when the sport was invented so just imagine (laughs) you know you 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 know you uh get the ball on the Say you start, the only time maybe would be the, you know, I think we just automatically start off with the ball on the 25 rather than having kickoffs. Makes sense. And, uh, you know, you get, say you get sacked for a big loss or you got a penalty and it's like fourth and 25 from your own 10. Well, you better, you know, throw up a Hail Mary or something because otherwise the other team's going to get the ball at the 10. Uh, So, yeah. Think about the different strategies and that, and that play. Hail Mary stra- and that Hail Mary strategy will come into play because you almost were hoping they intercept it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are guys going to be batting down interceptions Absolutely. so their team can get the ball? <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, pretty much as soon as you cross midfield, I mean, there's a lot of teams nowadays. Um, you know, think about the Baltimore Ravens with a Justin Tucker. They get to the forty lot, opponent's 40-yard line. I mean, they're thinking, all right, we got three points at least. Not anymore. You know, you got to go for it now, uh, regardless. So, I just think it would be interesting to see, and it would create a whole lot of different, intriguing scenarios. I think, as as uh, your rule does, I think the scoring would significantly increase. Um, I think right off the bat, you're going to see a lot more deep balls. You're going to see a lot more deep balls, and you probably will end up seeing a lot more interceptions. The run again, run game is probably going to be out, yeah, maybe out the window, maybe, yep. <laughs> Man, I love that one, though. That would be crazy. Be nuts. Man. I think both of those would be intriguing. But, hey, um, yeah, let us know what you think. We, oh, we'll, yeah, we definitely we, uh, want to hear what y'all think about these. If you guys uh, have any ideas, thoughts, uh, we appreciate the feedback, all, as always. So, And yeah, and, and you will hear more from us Oh yeah, on this segment of a rule that would change everything. Obviously, got a lot of other sports where we could pop a mm-hmm. pop a new rule in there and you know it would change things but obviously this new soccer rule and this new football rule like oh man the yeah we talking about kickers never being drafted kids not trying to grow up to be kickers nah they go might play well, soccer might as well continue playing soccer yeah, man keep, might as well continue playing <laughs> stay soccer. on the soccer field oh man well let's move along to uh, a popular segment um that we do every few weeks um little athlete trivia 
And uh, what we'll do here in Athlete Trivia, it's kind of like a name the player type segment. So we'll go back and forth giving some clues and hints about individual uh, athletes or former athletes. And the other person has to try and guess. We certainly hope you play along with this one. I'm sure you guys probably get it sometimes before we do. Um, of course. I will, uh, if you don't mind, I'll kick it off this week. I've got a theme again for mine this week uh, just to, you know, Put a little bow on it. Uh, my theme this week is former athletes that turned into actors. So okay. a little dual threat athletes here. All right, first one. Okay, this gentleman, a bit older, born January 26, 1934. Uh, former Major League catcher, broadcaster, Played majority of his career, actually all of his career. Oh, no, majority of his career for the uh, Milwaukee Braves. Played a bit with the Cardinals, Phillies, Brewers. Most famously was dubbed Mr. Baseball by Johnny Carson, the former talk show host. And probably most noted in the movie Major League, where he was the lead announcer for the Cleveland Indians. Are we talking about Bob Euchre? Bob Euchre. You got it. Okay. I, <laughs> <ooh> <laughs> I, was hoping, I was like, I hope he knows his name. <laughs> yeah, Bob Euchre. Oh, man. I almost forgot that one. But uh, nah, come on now. I can't forget Bob Euchre. I like your theme, JB. I got a solid theme, too, for my athlete trivia okay. um, segment for today. We have former Big 12 basketball players Ooh, men's basketball big 12 players. former oh, men's okay. big 12 basketball players okay and here is my first born in los angeles california drafted in the first round of the 1997 nba draft he played for a lot of nba teams jb okay utah jazz atlanta hawks orlando magic hmm. the nets new jersey nets san antonio spurs he was a point guard out of Kansas, and he's currently the Brooklyn Nets head coach. Jacques Vaughn. Ding, 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 ding. Man. Nicely done. First, I was thinking, yeah, okay. I was, I he did was a think Mickey Kansas. D's All-American, too. Like, he was yeah, a dog, and I'm pretty was. sure he won player of the year one year in college, he, if I'm not he mistaken. He was definitely a baller. He, he Maybe was. 1996, I think he won player of the year. Did he? Man. Pretty sure, man. Think about it. He played with Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Well, he he did. He was a stud. All right. Moving on here. We've got a, a former NBA basketball player. Actually, Canadian. Uh, he played for the Celtics, Lakers, college hoops with the North Carolina Tar Heels. 6'7". Did not know he was that tall. 6'7", 235. Actually went to high school in Warsaw, Indiana. He was a first-round pick, 24th overall in 1991 by the Celtics. Played six, seven years there before finishing to the Lakers, where he won three NBA titles. Career average 9.6, 3.8. Again, uh, he was first-team All-ACC in 1991. Uh, and he is the owner of eSports Franchise. Echo Fox. Oh, Rick Fox. <laughs> there you go. 
Rick man. Fox. Oh, man, Rick Fox was always an underrated basketball player. Yeah, Rick Fox is 6'7", yeah. Man, he was on those Kobe Bryant squads. He was. A few years out in L.A. Baller. All right. Here's my second of three, JB. Played in the Big 12 for one season. His favorite team growing up was the Toronto Raptors. Hmm. Vince Carter was his favorite player. So that kind of tells you the age range you okay. need to be paying attention to. He played for three different prep slash private schools in high school out of Washington, D.C. Hmm. If the NBA didn't have the one and done rule, he would have went to the league out of high school in 2006. Okay. He attended the University of Texas oh. for one year. K- Kevin Durant. The Durantula. KD. Yes, sir. Okay. Slim Reaper. All right. Good one. One of the greatest of all one. time. It's a good one. All right. One of the greatest burner accounts on social media of all time, too. <laughs> most. <laughs> My bad, KD. My bad, man. I had definitely. to. Uh, I had to, man. That's funny. All right. This 6'5", 260-pound former defensive end from Miami, Florida. Okay. <laughs> you might have it already. Currently is an actor. Um, he played at the U before turning his career to a different type of performing and in different in a ring where he was uh, famously dubbed uh, after his father's name. That would be the WWE or WWF, whichever. Are we talking about He's, Rocky Mavia? Yes, sir. <laughs> Can you smell? Can you smell? Dwayne Johnson. He's 50. That's right. He's 50 years old now. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Makes me feel old. Hella good shape. Yeah, he is. I'm not buying none of these folks right now trying to put steroids on my dude. I'm not Mm -mm, buying it. mm -mm. He puts in work. All right. Budding NBA star born in Wisconsin. I think Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oh, wow. One of those random towns. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Part of the all-rookie first team in 2021. Yes, he's only been in the league for a few years, JB. This 6'5 point guard is averaging, very quietly, 20 points and 11 assists Ah, in his third NBA season. Mm -hmm. You know who it is? From Iowa State. Oh, he definitely knows who it is. Mr. Halliburton. The Indiana Pacer, Tyrese Halliburton. I don't yeah. know why Sacramento gave him nah, so easily. That but, was, um, uh, yeah. We'll take it, and um, hopefully we do something with it. We're in a playoff race right now, kind of surprisingly good early in this NBA season. We'll see how long it lasts. I mean, um, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I mean, think about I, that's the reason the, the Kings have been terrible for so long. <laughs> I yeah. mean, realistically, decisions like that. You have him and yeah. De'Aaron Fox, and you can't make that work. I, know, I don't right? know, man. Well, I've got. Well, a f- you know, sometimes it comes down to the egos of the men, a young yeah, men. Yeah, that's you know, true. We, I want the ball in my hands. I want the ball in my hands. Okay, do you want to win though? <laughs> that's true. You, how much do you want to win? It's very be true, humble, man. Um, I've actually got a fourth one. It might be a. It, it might be a stretch. It's kind of a tough one. Um, okay. Want to give it a shot? Of course. All right. 
We've got a 6'2", 245-pound former defensive end out of Flint Academy in Flint, Michigan. Okay. Played college at Western Michigan and was drafted in the 11th round of the NFL draft in 1991 by the Los Angeles Rams. Proceeded to play there, Green Bay, San Diego, went to the Rhine Fire briefly in Germany, back to the Redskins before retiring with the Eagles in 1996. So ended up playing a total of 32 games in the NFL. Currently an actor, uh, as mentioned, he is uh, most notably probably known now uh, for being um, the host of America's Got Talent TV show since 2019. He was also in White Chicks, Idiocracy, Blended, part of the Expendables movie series. Don't know this don't know guy. It. Who is it? It's Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Terry Crews got drafted by the... Yeah. Who? 11th round draft pick, man. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Crazy. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I didn't I know either. No I, I knew that was gonna be a stretch because I didn't even. I didn't know any of that stuff. But hey, maybe somebody did. Maybe somebody got it. If you got that one, let us know. Yeah, I, I guess I should have known that Terry Crews played football, especially if he yeah. lasted for five or six years. I didn't know. Yeah. Thirty-two games. There you go. Well. Yeah. Well. What do you got this week in a nice little athlete yeah. trivia right there and um personal segment? What do you got? It is time to. Get a little personal, JB. I mm. have P PTSD. Yes, that's P squared uh -oh. TSD. I have Purdue post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> wow. College basketball post-traumatic stress disorder from last year's debacle. This year's squad, from a talent perspective, doesn't even compare to last year. When you lose mm. a guy who's a solid rookie NBA starter, added on to 80% of your scoring, mm. like Purdue did. The expectations for the next season this year have to be tempered. But what if you start the next season with two freshmen starting in a backcourt and you're undefeated after 10 games with dominant wins over national powers Gonzaga and Duke? Right. A mid-December top five national ranking, JB, including two conference wins already under the belt. Can you internalize that hype and believe that your team is legit one of the best in the country? No. <laughs> For one, I'm a realistic Purdue basketball fan. And two, the record doesn't matter in December, not even a little bit. Yeah. My team has been here countless times in my life. And as a fan, I've tasted the juice. I've seen the top seeds upset early in the tourney. I've bought into the Final Four expectations only on some occasions to have them crashing down because of injuries. The Purdue is a championship caliber team vibe. You know, I've heard it. I've seen it. All that matters to me at this point, strictly from a fan point of view, JB, is a March Madness strategy that recognizes guard play wins in March not big men. I don't care how dominant the low post game seems. You don't win a championship like that. And I feel like I'm kind of beating a broken record like a just continuously saying this. I feel <laughs> like I've you know, brought this up many times yeah. on the podcast. 
And, um, you know, maybe it'll come to pass this year. Like I said, you really some of this post-traumatic stress disorder from Purdue comes from seasons where injuries did occur. I understand that. But there were far more upsets in the tourney that caused me to feel this way than actual you know situations that were outside of Purdue's control and JB you know you know even the other day when you know Purdue was playing against was Nebraska, Nebraska yeah. it was an overtime game and yeah it was it was tough to be interested in in December you know it, it is it really was man well I can but certainly my boys relate. are 10-0 and you know as a as a as a fan I should be excited because they're 10-0 you should be I can't relate to that but I can relate to the <laughs> <laughs> the bowing out early and the not meeting expectations and uh, injury play. Yeah, I can relate to all that as a Bearcats fan, but um, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, we'll see. You're right, December. I mean, it matters to an extent, but uh, you know, those big wins will definitely help you out when it comes to seeding. But good point. Realistically, just like in any sport, it really matters what you're doing come tournament time. So, long way to go. Uh, I'm gonna switch switch sports for my uh personal segment and I, I want to recognize and celebrate uh, the most recently named uh, Hall of Fame selection for Major League Baseball and that's none other than the crime dog Fred McGriff so congratulations oh. to him uh, he will be going into Cooperstown he was the only uh, modern player selected uh, career 493 homers 1550 ribbies batted 284 OPS which you know is a uh, Highly, highly important to me. Uh, his OPS for his career, 886. So just shy of that remarkable 900 mark. Um, slugged yeah. over 500. I mean, the guy played from 86 to 04. And, uh, you know, mainly with the Braves. Most notably probably with the Braves. Also played a while with the, the um, Blue Jays, the Padres. Uh, always enjoyed watching him and... Um, so just salute to him. And, and while we're talking about Hall of Fame, it kind of brings me to the point of guys that are still not getting in. Guys like Barry Bonds, Roger oh Clemens, most notably, that now have to wait at least another three years even to be considered again. And while I disagree with what they did, it's, it's silly to me. Uh, Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he ever did anything performance enhancing related. That's the, that's you the know? part they don't take to account. Exactly. Absolutely. And Roger Clemens the same. I mean, both of these guys, um, you can argue maybe some of the other guys involved. McGuire too. I mean, realistically, these guys, um, I don't care if you want to put an asterisk in there, then do it. You know, it's the same thing with Pete Rose. Like, these guys are amazing all-time great players, and they should be recognized and rewarded for that. And if you want to put something like put them in a separate spot in the Hall of Fame, whatever. But the bottom line is they deserve to be there based upon what they achieved. And, um, yeah. So it, while I want to celebrate Fred McGriff and his achievement, I also want to shed a little more light on that again because uh, I think it's important. And sadly, uh, they got to wait another three years even to, even to have the chance again. So... But, hey, um, while we're on baseball, though, while we're on the subject of baseball, 
You want to talk about a little bit about what's been going on in the offseason? Well, We've had so you much. You want to roll right on. now, hey. JB? Go ahead. I hey, can't man. stop you now. Oh, you go ahead, go. man. Okay. Well, you kick it off. All right. So, what's going on in the offseason, man? We got a few months till the season kicks back yeah. off. Yeah. 2023 season. What's been going on, and, man? You know, I feel like we've had, you know, we've been World Cup obviously heavy. Uh, NFL season. I mean, everything is hot and heavy right now. And baseball. No doubt about it. Baseball is, it feels like so far in the back rear view mirror. But the winter meetings ended. And uh, man, there has been like billions of dollars already spent on the market in the major leagues for the signings and re-signings of players. Yes, there um, has. I'll just run through some big ones, and then I, you know, I'll, I'll let you shed, shed some light as well. There are lot, lots of moves, really in the East. Uh, Aaron Judge, while he had multiple offers, is ending up staying with the Yankees. I want to say it was a three hundred million dollar deal for him. Like some of these numbers are just so outrageous. Um, Jacob Degrom signed away from the Mets by the Rangers for five years and 185 million mm-hmm. man oh man but the Mets have made some splashes so while they let DeGrom walk they bring over Verlander reunite him with Max Scherzer those guys pitched together back in the day for the Tigers also they signed Japanese pitcher Kodai Sange I can't pronounce his last name but this guy's a stud now I don't know if he's uh to the same level as some of the uh, other guys coming over from Japan, but he is definitely a hot commodity. Signed him for $75 million, as well as Brandon Kimmo. That's not his name. It auto-corrected on me. Brandon Nimho? Nimho, yes. <laughs> Stupid auto-correct. $162 million. So you got a, you've got a legit four-person uh, rotation right there that you yeah. can hold, you know, stands up to anybody really in the big leagues. A couple of more. Phillies, not sure how much I would agree with this one. 11 years, 300 million to Trey Turner. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, Xander Bogarts to the Padres for 11 years and 280. 11 years. Uh, But that left side of the infield for the Padres, you got, man, pretty ridiculous. Not to mention... um, Tatis, when he's back healthy, like the Padres, that well, offense, you're gonna have to reposition some players. Yeah, it's not gonna all work that, with all the players they have. I know, Somebody's right? Going to go to the outfield. Exactly. I'm guessing. Um, I'm guessing. Uh, what's the name from the Nationals is gonna go to the outfield? Yeah, I'm guessing. Absolutely. All right, man. But yeah, a lot of big. Those are really some of the big moves there. Um, what you got to talk about? And that's Juan Soto. I said it was his name. That's oh, Juan yeah. Soto. Soto. I was talking about. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Aaron Judge situation a little bit. It like. <laughs> remember he chose not to take the Yankees extension before last season mm-hmm. yeah like that's right can you imagine playing an entire season for a team that you had been a star for right but you still have to prove yourself mm. now 62 home runs later in a in a gazillion RBIs you made 146.5 million more than they originally wow. wanted to get. I was going to ask Way you. to secure that bag, young man. Wow. <laughs> Especially considering, like, think about how long his contract is. He's already 30. So That's... the fact that they lost how they did during the playoffs, it kind of shows that they couldn't really, you know, afford to lose Aaron Judge. They had to pay Aaron Judge just oh, yeah. for that offense. I mean, their offense was 
extremely terrible in that series Rough. against the Houston Astros. I don't know if you remember, it was awful. Oh, it was bad. Including Aaron Judge. But given the fact that Aaron Judge did what he did this past season, you can't let him go. Nah. So he secured the bag, and he kind of really controlled his destiny of his future by putting in the work that he needed to put mm-hmm. in. And in a, in a city like New York City, where he probably heard the criticism every day throughout the season, man, Aaron Judge, man, what a, what a monster. Um, Ridiculous. You Way know, to bet on yourself. You're right. Way to bet on yourself. Yeah, thinking about that Trey Turner signing too, 11 years, 300 million. I mean, from all accounts that I've listened to and heard, he's an average defender. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Trey Turner, while he's had a couple seasons where he's hit a lot of home runs, he's really a speed guy. So to give a speed guy an 11 year contract, that, I mean, <laughs> right? Listen, That's, what is is he gonna is he gonna be 37 and go to the fountain 38 years old and he's gonna jump in the fountain of youth and still be stealing bases like he did when he was young? It's possible. Right. Yeah, not, not really likely. Not likely. But it's possible. Not likely. You know, but you never know in that situation. Uh, you know, then we talk about and and that was you know, 11 years, man. That's crazy. Uh, the Phillies, they also, they snuck Taiwan Walker, like a low-key, mm. really good pitcher like yeah. that I like. They snuck him away from the New York Mets. So he's staying in the division. Um, another one that I think is very valuable is the Cleveland Guardians getting Josh Bell. Ooh. And yeah, the reason I like close. that one for the Guardians is because they have a, um, let's be nice and just say a not-so-hitter-skilled lineup. And he will definitely help that out. Even if you put him in the DH role, Josh Bell is going he's gonna bring some power to the lineup mm-hmm. in a manner that the Cleveland Guardians and, and think about it, the Guardians are, are very close to being a team that could beat, you know, obviously Man. they had the Yankees on the ropes. They did. I think they right there with the Astros. The Cleveland Guardians are one of those teams who when we say balling on a budget, they definitely get it done they in do. a manner that not even the Cincinnati Reds have done. And let's make this clear. The Cleveland Guardians payroll is way lower than the Cincinnati Reds. That's this makes me sick. But they are the best team in Ohio right now. The Reds can change it, but right now the Reds don't compare to the Guardians, and it's quite sad when you th- look at the money situation. And like you said, Xander Bogarts, you know he got the big contract, um, the Jake Degrom, um, and Jesse Winker, mm, man, back in the division, playing tears. for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I'm, I'm I'm happy for Jesse Winker because one thing you know about the Brewers is man Craig Council boy that dude he can manage yes sir man he gets it done and you know the Brewers are one of those teams I feel like you could watch a Brewers game in like the beginning of May or even late April and they crowd is filled up like they really get it done in terms of like fan support in that area and um Jesse Winker I look for him to to ball out you know going from a city like he was in in seattle you know it was probably kind of a culture shock and just crossing the country i think being back in the midwest and you know quieter area i think that's going to help jesse winker kind of get back to just focusing on baseball he didn't have the best season playing for the mariners but i look for jesse winker to ball out in 2023 and go back to the all-star game yeah you heard it here first. jesse winker will be an all-star again Makes me sad. Yep, beer and baseball. That's the Midwest there for you. One of my favorite Cincinnati Reds of all time, Jesse Winker. He still plays for the Reds in my heart. Revisiting that. (laughs) Absolutely. Revisiting that Padres lineup. Man, just picture the middle of this order. Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto. How do you navigate 
that forced him. My goodness, that's pretty sick. You, just, you, you throw you throw uh, breaking balls in the dirt and make them <laughs> swing and miss, <laughs> right? Because everybody because everybody just swings at anything. No, but those mm, are those man. are top notch guys. I don't expect them to swing at uh, bad pitches. But um, yeah, it's gonna be tough getting through that part of the lineup. But the Padres, you know, they've they've been kind of very much hyped and yeah. haven't done much in the playoffs. Hey, so you got to we'll pitch. How it goes pitching, pitching wins it, as we see nearly every year. Pitching, that is a fact, JB, and that can oh, lead us into fact or fiction. Oh, sports fact or fiction? Y'all know how it goes. You really don't even have to describe how this segment goes it's sports factor fiction questions and i will kick it off jb all right kick it off and uh let's have at it play along y'all before the 2022 world cup morocco had two world cup wins in their history it's probably a fact it is a fact wow and i'm pretty sure this is their sixth world cup appearance wow that's crazy And they had two victories prior to this world cup that's crazy we're going to give some uh, more baseball talk here just a little bit and some positive Reds talk. Uh, you know, did you know that Joe Morgan, on three different occasions, had 50 extra base hits, 50 steals, and 100 walks in the same season three different times? Three? And no one, else has, one. no one else has ever done it. Three? I mean, let's say fact. It's a fact. Crazy. Wow. I mean, you could see somebody doing that once, maybe twice, but three? Yep. And the fact that nobody that's else insane. has ever done it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's insane, JB. That's a good one. All right, man. Caleb Williams, quarterback mm-hmm. from USC, is the fourth USC QB to win Heisman after Carson Palmer, Matt Leinert, and Sam Darnold. I think he'd be the fifth, wouldn't he? Or is he saying factor fiction? I'm gonna sir. say, mm, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, are you trying to trick me on this one? Hold up, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say fiction, but it is fiction. But it's because but it, it was wasn't Matt, yeah, it wasn't Sam Darnold. It was uh, your butt helmet, butt butt helmet guy, right? What's his name? Uh, no, it was only Carson Palmer and Matt Liner. He's oh, the third. It was only three. Dang on it. Yeah, well, I got the, the I got but, it right, but the premise right, was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's yeah, see. Mark, Mark Sanchez is. Yeah, we I was of. thinking Sanchez won it. Okay. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1988 allowed an NFL record eight blocked punts that season. Yeah, that seems kind of high. I'm gonna say fiction. It's fiction. It was actually six, and that is the record. Yeah, still, that's pretty high. trash. That's still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Based off NBA records. The Detroit Pistons are currently in the lead of the Victor Wimbanyama sweepstakes. Wow. <laughs> fact? Yes, yeah, a fact. They got the worst record in the NBA. Wow. Um, man, Jaden Ivey. Wow. Cade Cunningham. Victor Wimbanyama. Isaiah Stewart. Oh, my goodness. Jeez, oh, peace. Man, oh, man. Whew. All right. Uh, Tony Gwynn over the course of his career, averaged okay. striking out 21 times per season. Last year, there were 129 different players who had struck out 22 times by the end of April. I mean, I can believe that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that it may not be a fact, but I'm going to say fact. It is. It's a fact. <sighs> swing and miss, swing and Crazy. miss, swing and miss. Joy, where's Joey Gallo when you need him? <laughs> 
<laughs> my bad, Joey. Joey be hitting a lot of home runs though, uh, man. I can't does. get on him too hard. He does, man. but, but jo- yeah, man. <laughs> Joey be swinging for the fences. Shout out to Adam Dunn, too. Oh, yeah. Big number 44. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. According to a study conducted by the NFL, the linebacker position experiences the most concussions. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll say fiction. Okay. You were right. Uh, for a bonus, I was gonna say it's, I, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a hint before you guess right, it. Oh. It's not a position that will like be right at the tip of your tongue. No, oh. no, no way. Okay, I would have said running back, but I I don't know what is it O line or something. Cornerback. No kidding. Okay. Well, Cornerbacks I mean, get the most concussions than anybody because they happen to go in there and try to separate the ball and stuff. Probably. I, mean, I guess yeah. so. Coming around a coming around a corner, and they're little guys, they're little fast <laughs> little guys, guys, and they got to dive in there. Yeah, making tackles too. Okay, uh, sticking with football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers between 1976 and 77 lost a record 29 straight games. I know it's in the 20s. I can't remember if it was 29 though. I'm gonna say fiction. Thought Good it was job, low fiction. 20s. It's 26. That's 26. what I thought. Okay. <laughs> I thought I, I Ooh, thought it was lower. man. Still a lot, goodness. Yeah. But they got a Super right. Bowl at least. Give but, them that. But they got a Super Bowl. All right, JB. Mm-hmm. Coach Lincoln Riley, USC coach, has coached three QBs that won the Heisman Trophy. Yes. Okay. Can you uh, bonus yeah. bonus time? So can you Caleb name Williams, ba- okay. Baker Mayfield. Jalen Hurts win a Heisman? I mean, the last one on the list oh, is Kyler one Murray. of your favorite bad. guys. There no, you go. Not. Good I job. Mean, I, did. I liked him because he was on my fantasy team. But yeah. oh, Okay, my bad. <laughs> I str- there I we go. Hey, right there. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Hall of Fame wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald had more tackles, 41, in his career than dropped passes, 28. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Yes, I'm, that's a fact. That's a fact. Isn't that crazy? So more, you know, more tackles on his, I mean, 41. So I know he played close to 20 years, but you got it. So, I mean, that's a lot. If, if your QB on average throws somewhere between 10 and 20 picks, I mean, you're making, you know, you're the guy tackling the, the, the guy returning it a couple times a year or more. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I got one more if you, a bonus one. Unless you got Let's another do one. Let's do it. All right. That's a good one. So, former Bears. last all football theme here. Former Bears, not really well-known, uh, Bears quarterback David Fail. His middle name was actually Always. Yeah. <laughs> well, did he, did he always fail? <laughs> no, we're going to say fiction. Uh, that was fiction. Man, you know what? Did we go both go... Uh, Undefeated I there? I think so. Again? I think so. I think Man. It's, it's the second time. In a row, I think. We holding it down. Wow. We are holding it down recently. Greatness comes in pairs. Greatness abounds. And that pair is N.O. and J.B. <laughs> That's right. On a sports pedigree. Yes, sir. That's right. Speaking of N.O., it is uh, that time of the show for a little bit of no-nos. No-nos. Easy. Money. So, and no As knows. Kobe Bryant would say. Yes, sir. R.I.P. Kobe. Easy money. For those of you that uh, live under a rock and aren't aware, 
Uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Eno a personal question, and typically it's going to be a sports-related, which this week it is. Have him uh, just share his opinion or thoughts on something, and then I'm going to put a minute on the clock, and I might even do a minute 30 this week based on the topic, Uh-oh. and uh, give Eno a uh, platform to discuss his opinion on a particular sports-related topic, and uh, yeah, and that'll be it. We'll see how it goes. You ready? Let's get her done. Okay. My personal question for you regards teams that play in the same league or conference as your favorite teams. Do okay. you tend to cheer for those teams when they play, say, in a playoff game, in a Super Bowl, uh, you know, down the road? Do you cheer for them to do well? Um or do you always cheer against your rival teams? And That's are there any exceptions? Question, and there are are there any potential exceptions? Yeah, definitely not a. Uh, and this is a great question. Definitely not black and white on this subject. Now. Okay, it's not a always. All right. um, the one sport that I cheer for all the teams in my favorite team's conference, college basketball. Okay. When the NCAA tourney comes around, I always root for every Big Ten team. Yes, y'all, including the Indiana Hoosiers. I may be ragging (laughs) on them a lot, but I definitely root for the Hoosiers because I know at the end of the day, the judgment of conferences, it really, uh, it kind of aids the team in the next year's Hmm. rankings and standings um, and kind of how the conference fares as a whole in the NCAA tournament. It like it's gonna bring you like a little bit more um, uh, popularity during the next season. Sure. When the next college basketball season comes around. Now in the NFL, no way, no way, no way I could ever root for the Houston Texans, Tennessee <laughs> Titans, or Jacksonville Jaguars. No way. Oh, I feel that. Um, yeah. In the NBA, no way, never. Hmm. Um, so it, it, definitely not baseball. You never will catch me rooting for the Chicago Cubs, St. Louis yeah. Cardinals, Milwaukee. No way. What about? I'm always going to root what against about those football, teams. Football, Big Ten teams now. Um, Big Ten teams generally in bowl games. Um, no, I'm generally not rooting for Big Ten teams in bowl games. But in college basketball, yeah, okay. I root for yes, y'all. Even though, I, honestly, you know what, JB? Huh? There's even an exception in college basketball. I was going to say, what about the yellow I, I and gold you team? Know, I think you know the one team. <laughs> oh, listen, y'all. I, I couldn't lie, y'all. I had to catch myself because I just felt something come over me when I pictured myself rooting for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh-huh. I do not root for the Iowa Hawkeyes, y'all. I, I, uh, trust me. I was Fran McCaffrey, that, yeah. I, I can't stand Fran McCaffrey. Mm, what about so now, I don't root for you know what? Guys. What about what about soccer? World Cup? Um yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, great one, JB. I'm glad you added that in there. Yeah, I found myself rooting for Mexico and Canada heavy. Huh. Um, just because, you know, I know North America. I know we got to stick together, CONCACAF. And um, I like the style that really all North American teams play. Like, and we talked about this many times when it comes to uh, North American soccer, European soccer, Asian soccer, and like the different um, areas of the world and how we all have a different style. North American soccer and Asian soccer. Ain't no floppers. There may right? be some on teams, but you, you're not seeing a lot of flopping, throwing your body around, flailing, flamboyant behavior, begging for calls. You're not seeing that out of U.S., not much out of Canada, not a whole lot out of Mexico, not a whole lot out of Japan, South Korea. But 
in those other areas of the world i would say in south america in europe mm -hmm. yeah it's prevalent so um yes i root for mexico and canada and uh, i was root for costa rica too los go. ticos los ticos okay that's good stuff that was uh, i have to say one of the better uh more elaborative ones we've had so that's good that yes, means that's good all right i think this might be as well i've got a minute on the clock i don't really know how much i'm going to follow it so recently okay. there has been a pretty well-known college football coach who's decided to take his talents elsewhere we're talking about Deion sanders <laughs> has decided to leave oh boy here HBCU we go school and yes, uh, go to Colorado uh, to be um, coaching at a more prominent university. Now, there right. there have been those that have uh, been kind of hard and harsh on him for making that decision and saying it was selfish, um, that he should not have done it, that he is actually doing more harm than good. And uh, so my question to you is, do you have any of that sentiment? Or, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think Dion owed anyone anything or should have stayed longer at the university was at yep and let's go start Put whenever the time on the there clock. we go let's do it go ahead there's negative zero percent um of negative zero percent of sentiment that Deion sanders did anything wrong here first and foremost if anybody um had a better job offer at this level we're talking about making i don't know how many times the amount he was making you're gonna take it mm. especially when you brought to that program in Jackson State what he brought to that program um, in terms of the character, the integrity, the more popularity that he brought to the conference, um, the think sure. about it. He has an yep. entire group of assistant coaches that he has the ability now to put on, right, yep. to potentially become a head coach here, there just because of his success and what he did at Jackson State, right? So thinking about it from that perspective, anybody that's mad at him for leaving, his aura is going to carry on forever there. Sure. And the next Absolutely. coaches that are there and just, you know, in the, in the vibe of the school from here on out, just because he was there, not to mention him being a black man, he's not obligated to be a civil rights activist, Right. That is not Deion Sanders' responsibility, not in the least, be, to be a civil rights activist. Mm -hmm. That man is one man, and he was doing excellence out in Jackson State, and he's going to do excellence out in Colorado for everybody that he brings to that program. Let's stop holding him to our standard. I'm not even going to articulate it like that. Mm -hmm. Y'all clowns that are holding him to y'all <laughs> expectations, y'all hypocritical expectations, Stop holding him to those hypocritical expectations because you in the same position would not have done the same thing. And I'm not done yet, JB. All I right. know what we've been hey, going over. Clock's done, I'm not but done it yet. don't even matter. I'm not done yet. So let's even look at it from the perspective of, you know, Deion Sanders has a responsibility to continue growing as a person. He doesn't have a responsibility to be stagnated in one place. Mm. And from all Good accounts, Deion Sanders was using personal funds for his program in a lot of different oh, areas. Deion Sanders got robbed. His vehicle got robbed down there. Who would subject themselves to that over and over and over versus moving on, 
leaving the foundation of what you left at a school and going elsewhere. Deion Sanders has nobody to answer to but himself and God. Absolutely. That's very well said. And not to mention, you know, he put HBCU schools on the map again. He or, did. You know, I mean, he put they signed a the multi-year, multi-million dollar television deal without him being there. I guarantee that doesn't happen. Brought the school titles, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unrealistic. It's unfair. Um, you know, if you're a fan of that program, of course you want him to stay. I mean, that's it's like I didn't want Luke Fickle to leave Cincinnati. But I'm not going to hate on him for taking an opportunity where he can like you said, better himself, grow, shoot, probably make more money JB, too. A lot, of the, a so. lot of the people that uh, have issues with him leaving, they don't really know the coaching profession. Think about right. it. it, it would, would I go to you, JB, and your occupation and tell you what you need to be doing, what right. you're doing? You need to stay here. You need to do. Exactly. You don't even know this man's life. Exactly. And what what goals he has. Like yep. for So for you to have negative feelings yeah because that's all it is or, it's just feelings where god, about him you know where there. he feels like god is telling him to go so yeah exactly I think we've covered it all well done well said and uh that was a excellent end of the show i enjoyed yes, it sir. very much so, a lot of passion yes a lot sir of passion that's what we try to bring so um again we we appreciate it every week uh we love the fact that we get to continue to do this and we appreciate you continuing to listen and support you can email us at no.jb.sportspedigree. That's at Gmail. And you can follow us and share um, on YouTube and Instagram, all the social media stuff. Share the share the show with folks you might think would enjoy. It's, uh, yes, sir. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I have a good one. Let's go. Sports Pedigree on deck. Who's batting? N-O-N-J-B is what's happening. Coverage of the NBA, present and past. You probably want to listen to facts. We never mask a last. We don't hold back. Articulating them sneaky, important stats and trivia. Shows that the subject matter is well-rounded like a ball is. I see the referee. I'm wondering what the call is. Communicate the pick. I'm going top side. Illuminate that list. Giving you my top five. Acknowledging who's great. Now your list may have a couple different names, but really there's no debate. Wait, the passion gotta be smooth. On the lookout for sports dichotomy tools. Getting views sounds nice, but the vision is deep. Cause in knowing JB will never put you to sleep. Originality is the key. We pick locks with open up, no nose. It's been concocted. The segments are personal too. Cause a sports podcast without opinion, surely no value. <laughs> we gotta be great. Requesting no favors. World Cup, you wait for tennis majors, NFL trades, and baseball pastime. Consistent on the mic, we don't get no. Half time.